Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to episode number 64, The Lies We Tell. So who do you lie to? I was raised to believe you should tell the truth and not lie. And for the most part, I think of myself as an honest and truthful person. Now, there are, of course, exceptions. Maybe I told just a few lies as a teenager and maybe I don't always tell the truth when it feels like the right thing to do because I tell myself I'm sparing another person from feeling hurt or offending them. What about you? What do you think about lying? Is it wrong? Do you pride yourself on being someone who generally doesn't tell lies? If that's you, then I'm sorry to tell you that you're not who you think you are. You tell lies every day. And I know the person who you lie to most in your life. And that would be you. You lie to yourself all the time. And not only that, the lies you tell yourself do the opposite of sparing your feelings. They cause you unnecessary suffering. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to explore the lies you tell yourself, why you tell yourself these lies, and then look at how you can use your newfound awareness to help you move on from lying to yourself so that it gets easier to create what you want in your life, whether that's losing weight or just enjoying your life more. So as I prepared for this episode, it was a Monday morning. And when I woke up, before I got out of bed, I picked up my phone and scrolled the news and my emails and social media. Now, that's not a habit that I'm proud of, but I wake up at 4.30am and I tell myself I've got enough time to still get everything done. This morning, I scrolled for longer than usual and I started to feel bad about it. I told myself I was late and then I eventually got up, took the dogs out, made myself my cup of coffee before settling down to do my daily journaling and self-coaching. I noticed I felt heavy and burdened. And of course, being a coach, I know that A, feeling a burdened, heavy feeling is going to make it more difficult for me to get my stuff done today. I also know that I get to decide how I feel. I know that I'm feeling heavy and burdened because of how I'm thinking. Even though those thoughts aren't obvious to me, in fact, I'm not even aware of them. Even though I don't at that moment in time know what's going on, I do know A, that this feeling of heavy and burdened feels very familiar. And B, that I have the skills and capability, just like you, to help myself to feel differently, to feel better if I want to. And I decided that I did want to feel better. I decided that I wanted to set myself up for a good day. And so I set about figuring out what was going on. So I ask myself, why do I feel heavy and burdened? And I tell myself, it's because there's so much that I have to do and I've not got enough time. And so no matter what I do do, I won't be able to feel like I've had a good day. Now, this is a familiar thought pattern for me. And so I start to dig deeper and I start to uncover the lies. So what are the lies here? Well, first of all, the lie is that I have to do stuff. There is nothing that I have to do. You may well have heard me share on this podcast before that everything you do in your life is a choice. What does your brain have to say about that? Is it saying, of course, everything in life is not a choice? There are probably hundred things I must do that I have to do every week that aren't a choice. I have to pay my bills. I have to get up and go to work because I have to earn a living. I have to take care of my elderly parent because there isn't anyone else. I have to feed my kids or else they would starve. And all those thoughts are lies. 
you get to choose whether you pay your bills or you lose access to your utility services. You get to choose to go to work and earn money or find someone wealthy to marry or live on the street. Okay, maybe not with the realm of realism for most of us, but you get my point. So why does it matter whether we lie to ourselves by telling ourselves that we have to do these things instead of recognising that we're choosing to do them? It matters because of how we feel. When we tell ourselves we have to do whatever it is, we're more likely to feel resistant, to feel burdened, or to feel pressure, or to feel fed up, or to feel miserable about it. When we acknowledge that we choose to do these things, we are more likely to feel in control, capable, proud, or kind, depending on what the thing in question is. So going back to me uncovering the lies that I was telling myself this morning, there's more than just that one. The second lie was I don't have enough time. And the third one that no matter what I do, it won't be worth it or it won't be enough to equate to having a good day. Oh my goodness, my primal brain is dramatic and self-pitying and more besides. And that's totally normal. My primal brain's normal. It's showing up the way the primal brains do. Judging it won't help. Now, I won't focus on the lie of I don't have enough time here because I cover time lies in detail on podcast number 52, which is called Not Enough Time to Lose Weight. So if that's something that you relate to, go check out that podcast if you haven't already. But just a quick note on this lie that no matter what I do, I won't equate or I won't be able to have a good day. This is a lie because whether I have a good day has nothing to do with the number of jobs I get done or what I achieve. Whether or not I have a good day is determined by one thing alone, and that is whether I choose to think that I've had a good day or not. Each time you tell yourself you're having a bad day or that you've not had a good day, it's not the truth. Chances are on those bad days, say that in inverted commas, you have the luxury of having slept in a bed, a person to talk to, food to nourish you, water to hydrate you. There are millions of people in the world who give you all of those reasons and many more besides as to why your day was not only good, but amazing. Again, I say this not so that you judge yourself for it, but so that you can see how your lies create a necessary suffering in your life. So what about when it comes to food and eating? Well, this podcast episode was inspired by a member of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy who shared that she was spotting some of the lies she tells herself in her head around eating food and eating. So shout out to you if you're listening. She'd been doing some of the work of observing the thoughts in her head that led her to eat through journaling. And she found that when she got those thoughts out of her head and down on paper and got some perspective from them, she could see the lies for what they were. Okay, so exactly how do you uncover the lies you tell yourself about all the things food and eating? And by the way, just bypass any thoughts that you have that you don't tell yourself lies. Because of course, that would be a lie. Because that's what we do. It's human to do this. And also bypass any judgments that you may have that you may be lying to yourself and get stuck in it, okay? Remember, be curious, be fascinated, be compassionate with yourself. But this isn't about judging yourself for telling yourself that you're telling lies. To uncover the lies that you tell yourself, you're going to want to tune in to your conversations in your head. Now, some of you may have the volume turned down so low that you can't hear them. If that's you, I want you to turn them up a little by asking yourself questions to uncover them. If you think you don't know what those sentences in your mind are saying, make your best guess. You can try asking yourself the question, if I did know, what would it be? What would that sentence be if I knew what it was? And then others of you may have so much noisy, incessant chatter going on that it makes it difficult to distinguish one lie from another. And if that's you, you're going to want to slow down the speed of that chatter. Just like you can listen to this podcast on half speed or half or time and a half speed if you want to, if you're listening on Apple, I want you to slow the chatter in your head down enough so that you can hear it. 
and then capture it, write it down. You don't need to get them all down. Start with one and work on that before you move on to the next one. You will have heard me talk about your thinking in previous episodes. Your thinking, your thoughts are sentences in your mind and you're going to want to slow them down and hear them so that you can question them and uncover what's not true about them. You see, that's the thing about lies and truths. They are very often not facts. One person's lie is another person's truth. Everything is open to interpretation. So when it comes to uncovering the lies you tell yourself that hinder your weight loss, do this. Every time you eat something that takes you further away from having the relationship with food that you want and achieving your weight loss goal, I want you to ask yourself why you ate it. By the way, you deciding whether what you ate is helping or hindering your weight loss has nothing to do with the food that you ate. This isn't a case of identifying good or bad or healthy or unhealthy foods. This is about you tuning into how you feel emotionally after you've eaten said food and being honest with yourself about it. If you wish you hadn't eaten whatever it was, then that's a cue to do exploratory work on this. The one thought that often comes up is the thought of I deserved it or I deserved a treat. And this reflects our society and culture and upbringing where it's normal to reward ourselves with food and or drink that tends to be refined in some way. Now, the lie here could be on a couple of different levels, even within this three word statement of I deserved it. We have the deserve part and the it part. Let's start with the it part. First of all, what is the it that your brain told you that you deserved? Maybe it was a large cold glass of wine when you got in from work last night. Maybe it was a dessert from the cafeteria at work after a morning of meetings that ran beyond lunchtime. Maybe it was a large bag of dried fruit and nut mix. It does not matter. The food is irrelevant here. What matters is whether eating what you did in the way that you did is something that you want to do for life. If you think about that future version of you that has the relationship with food that you want, is eating the food in this way as a treat for yourself something that she does? Is this something that helps you lose and then maintain your weight? Answering these questions will help you decide whether the food or drink that you're having is really a treat. Because to reward yourself with food or drink that prevents you from having what you really truly want in life is in fact not a treat, it's self-sabotage. As you start to see that for yourself, know that nothing has gone wrong. You're normal and human. But the sooner you see that, what you think of as a treat is blocking you from realizing your dream of being the weight that you want and having the relationship with food that you want, the easier it becomes to not feel the desire for that treat. So what about the deserving part? What do you deserve? It's time to get honest with yourself again with exploring these truths. You do not need to do anything to deserve taking care of you. You don't need to have to get through your day of juggling life and work or get through your day of being there to support a loved one in order to deserve something. You always deserve anything that is you taking care of you. You don't need to earn that. And at the same time, sometimes we tell ourselves that we deserve something for getting through our day at work when the truth is we just showed up and did the job we're paid for. Now, I don't tell you this so that you can be mean to yourself. I tell you this so that you can be curious whether your thoughts about work are serving you. When your thoughts about work are a stuck record of what's hard or difficult or boring, it makes work much more difficult or boring. Remember what you believe you receive and then self-sabotage your dreams by eating refined foods or drinks. You make your work, your life that much more difficult. So just to recap, because I went off on a bit of a tangent there, the way to uncover the lies you tell yourself is to notice when having food or drink stops you achieving what you truly want, whether that's a weight goal, a health goal, or relationship with food that works for you. Identifying those eating, drinking, 
moments and questioning why you wanted whatever it was and then examining the answers to that question, your thoughts, by questioning what's true and factual and not true and factual about that. Dig further by asking yourself, why do I think that? Okay, so the next thing I want to cover here is a quick look at why we tell ourselves these lies. It's important that you know and understand it's normal. I want you to understand why we do it so that you don't judge yourself for it. We tell ourselves lies because we're conditioned. We're neurologically programmed to believe them. We grew up having our own parents comfort and treat us with food that was probably highly refined in some way because that's what was normal and accepted and even encouraged in the world in which we live today. The food manufacturing industry knows how to create biochemical desire in our brain and physiological craving for food in our bodies. They know how to create foods that our brain responds to in such a way that we think that food is just oh so good and leads us to lie to ourselves in order to have it. Okay, so the lies we tell ourselves are not just about refined food specifically. So I'm going to jump off the refined wagon for a moment here and I want to explore a non-food lie that also sabotages you achieving your weight loss goals. I used to think that I couldn't enjoy my life whilst I was losing weight. I thought that I had to choose between enjoying life and being fat or dieting and being miserable. This lie made it so difficult for me to lose weight for decades. And if I ever was losing weight, I was often miserable. The truth is that when I did the work of losing my weight through understanding what was happening in my mind, body, brain and emotions, I had some of the best months and years of my life. I discovered how it was possible to lose weight whilst being on this amazing journey of self-discovery and how to create lots of what I wanted in life. I got a promotion at work, my relationships with my husband and my children improved. I got really good at planning social occasions and taking advantage of adventures and opportunities, doing things that were fun in life. You see, the thing was that I learned how to eat to live instead of living to eat. So lies that we tell ourselves around losing weight and being miserable are often born out of our previous diet traumas or born out of not being intentional about what we think, feel and do in our lives. You see, it's so normal in our world today to use food as a crutch to help us to feel better in our lives. We don't realize there's an alternative, which is simply being intentional and purposeful about everything else and specifically about what we're thinking. So be curious about the lies you believe about food creating a better life for you. Whether that's about socializing with food and drink at the weekends or using food to connect with people or relaxing with food or comforting yourself with food or using food to alleviate boredom. The last thing for you to know here is what to do when you identify your lies. And it's as simple as allowing yourself to see the truth. Take pen to paper and write down your lies and then write down the opposite and find the truth in it. For example, if you believe the lie as I used to, dinner is the highlight of my day, it's the only time I get to relax and have time for me, find what's not true in that. This is what identifying the lies in that thinking looked like for me. Connecting with my family and or achieving something that matters to me is the highlight of my day. Dinner isn't relaxing because I overeat and feel stuffed and regretful afterwards. I have time for me in the morning when I get up an hour before my kids. I have time for me after dinner when my kids are in bed. Dinner is not the only time I have for me. Another thought that comes to mind as I talk about this is the concept of what people think about on their deathbed. Now, I'm guessing that no one faces a terminal illness wishing they'd had more dinners or more biscuits or more chocolate or glasses of wine. As you uncover the lies you tell yourself, if you relate to this example, also check in and ask yourself what you truly value in life. 
So now that you know how to uncover these lies and you understand where they come from, what can you do about it? Well, first, if you haven't already, get these lies down on paper so that you can start to get distance from them by recording them, identifying patterns in how they are showing up for you. Next, you're going to want to intentionally create as much evidence to support your theory that you're having a lie as possible. And the best way to do that is to allow your brain to try and convince you why it's telling you the truth when it's telling you the lie. So for example, here's another example here. For years, I believed that traveling with work meant inevitable weight gain. In fact, one of the reasons why I was so overweight and why it was so difficult to lose weight was because I frequently traveled to the US. And when I traveled to the US, I always gained any weight that I had recently lost over the previous few weeks back again, supporting my truth that traveling to America meant it was inevitable that I would gain weight. I can even remember the most weight gained on one of those business trips, and it was 10 pounds. The jeans that I wore on the plane on the way out were too tight for me to wear on the flight home. So what are all the reasons why my brain told me it's impossible to not gain weight when traveling to the US for work. So this is what my brain told me. I don't get to choose what was served on the plane. There's no way I can decline the ice cream treat when I've been sat in a seat with nothing to do for a few hours. American portions are so big. I will be eating out with colleagues every night. I have breakfast meetings. I must drink to join in. Not only are the portions huge, the food is unhealthy too. I've never managed to not gain weight previously. Even if I try, I always fail. Other UK colleagues share that they gain weight too. Okay, so getting the evidence down on paper then allows me to go through them one by one and find the truth in thinking the opposite. So what might this look like? So this might look like me changing these thoughts or upgrading them, these lies, to these ones instead. Whilst I don't get to choose what food I'm offered on the plane, I get to choose what I say yes and no to. I get to choose to take my own food on the plane and not eat plain food if I want to. If I had a dairy intolerance, it would be a total non-issue to decline the ice cream. I get to decide that American portion sizes have no bearing on the amount of food that I eat. In fact, most American restaurants cater for you to take food out with you because they don't expect you to eat it all. Some of the colleagues that I'm eating out with every night will not eat in a way that leads them to gaining weight. The focus of the breakfast meeting is the meeting, not the breakfast. Many of my American colleagues won't be eating breakfast at their breakfast meetings. Some of my colleagues will be driving. I don't think they're not joining in because they're not drinking and nor does anyone else. Some American food is unhealthy and some American food is healthy, just like some food in the UK is healthy and some isn't. What I've done before has no bearing on what I do next time. While some colleagues may gain weight, not all of my colleagues gain weight when they're traveling. And one more for good measure. Lots of women travel to America, live in America, eat at American restaurants and are slim, healthy weight that they want to be. So to wrap up this episode, I'm pleased to report that whilst I haven't been to the US for a while, the previous three occasions that I did go, I always came back lighter than when I left. Okay, I love that I don't have to cook. I love that I only have to think about myself for a few days and I'm not having to think about feeding my family. And I love that I get out to eat out at some restaurants that prepare delicious, fresh and healthy foods. And if you're traveling to the US, I can thoroughly recommend True Food Kitchen. All right, so just to recap what I want you to sort of take away from this episode, I want you to go to work on uncovering the truth hidden beneath your lies so that you can nurture and grow those truths so they become your new reality. And if the word lies feels uncomfortable for you and you struggle not to be judgmental of yourself, switch the language and refer to them as stories. 
Now, you can totally do this on your own, but if you're in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, you have the option of checking out the worksheets that are accompanying this podcast episode, and that will help you go through the process of applying this work. And if you're not in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, but you're curious about whether it's right for you, go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash academy to check out all the details. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning supported by twice weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six month lose weight, live life, group coaching, mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.